News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. At the uh, Irish Times uh, lead story here, household survey finds 29% of people living in energy poverty. It's it's quite extraordinary. Uh, households paying on average €21 Euro more a week for energy, rising to €38 Euro when motor fuels are included. That's because of the recent uh, price hikes. Uh, for more on this, we are joined by one of the authors of that report, Dr Barra Rontree from the ESRI. Uh, Barra, what exactly did you find? Yeah, so we, we did this research, which was funded by the Community Foundation for Ireland, and really what it flags is just the impact that recent energy inflation is having on households. So we estimate that is that recent energy inflation, so the increase from January last year to about April this year, which we, we could look at, will increase the share uh, an estimated to be in energy poverty to about 29%. So that's above its previous high of 23% in the mid-90s. Um, and, and so it's re- really at quite record record levels, and um, you know what, what energy poverty means is spending more than ten percent of your net, that's your after tax and welfare income, uh, on energy, on home heating oil uh, and electricity, and so that again really just does illustrate that the, the, the impact of recent uh, energy uh, inflation on households. Uh, I, I'm presuming energy uh, poverty drops during the summer months, but again, probably rises, I'm sure again, rises again when uh, when the colder uh, period comes in from September on. That's right, yeah. There's a lot of seasonality, obviously, to energy bills. Um, People use it more during the winter when it's cold, and we're we're lucky enough not to have to use too much air conditioning in uh, in Ireland, or maybe unlucky enough. But but what that does mean is that, again, as you say, bills really kind of are, are seasonal. And that's one of the reasons we kind of point to, I suppose, that some of the measures that the government might take and, and things like, you know, a, a Christmas bonus style double welfare payment in the autumn when those bills are landing in people's doors um, are kind of quite a well-targeted way of... Yeah, uh, and I, I do want to get to that. Just, just before we do get to that, though, uh, obviously uh, this, this period was January to April. Uh, we all know that energy prices have increased since then with the potential to increase even more. Do you look ahead to what might happen in September, and and could that twenty nine percent figure go even higher? Then it, it could. So we we can model a, a further twenty five percent rise in prices, and so that's kind of based roughly off what, what was being talked about by some of the electricity and gas providers that might happen even in May. And we find that that would lift the estimated share in energy poverty from twenty nine percent to as high as about forty percent. So um to to you know four and ten or. Uh, um, households. So that really is again quite quite stark, I suppose. Um, again, if, if you look at the impact of, uh, in terms of um, euro per week, so we estimate that just already the price increases have raised energy bills by about twenty one euro a week, or a little bit over a thousand one hundred a year. Um, and then again, that, that with with the potential for more to come, depending on the situation uh, um, in in Ukraine and how long the, the Russian invasion there lasts, and how long that continues to put place up with pressures on energy prices. Just before we get to what you're recommending, do you know, or do you have international comparisons? Are, are, are we way out of whack with, uh, with other countries in terms of the level of our energy poverty? Not as, as far as we're aware. So, that, you know, the increase in prices is, is something that's going on of course, um, in yeah. all countries. And, and I mean, it, it's actually happening at a slightly different times because of the different structure of energy markets. So, for example, in the UK, you know, they, they have a price cap which they adjust every few months, and that means that you know initially we maybe saw a little bit of a, a, a sharper increase in prices, but now they are seeing much sharper increase in prices. So it, the things, uh, the, 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 the same factors are playing each country. 
Um, and, and, and so it, it's not something that we necessarily stand out on. And, and this, I suppose, in a way, you know, it's, it's a crisis not of the government's making. It's, it's, a, it's a shock on the country as a whole. And, and then really, so I suppose, what, what, what that means is there's only so much the government can do. We as a country are worse off and really the most the government can do, unless it wants risks uh, further, uh, fueling further non-energy inflation, it's going to decide how to distribute that loss or who to compensate and support. And, and you are you're quite specific on what, what you think should happen there. Well, what we just point out is that if one's goal is to support those who have been most affected, and we know again that the impacts of these energy price increases are, are much uh, worse for lower income than higher income households just because they spend more of their total budget on, 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 on things like uh, fuel and, and light and heat, um, if that the goal is to protect those being worst affected, then doing things like cutting indirect taxes doesn't really make much sense. It, it's a very poorly targeted way of, of getting that support to those who've been worst affected, and that's simply because, again, actually in absolute terms, higher income households um, who've been le- less affected spend more because you know, they tend to have larger homes and they tend to maybe travel more. And, and so from that point of view, cutting indirect taxes isn't particularly well targeted. And it also kind of blunts the incentives that we, we want the economy as a whole to have to invest in energy saving technology. So instead, what we point to is doing things like the um, uh, like the fuel allowance. Although one issue with the fuel allowance is that it, it, it's limited to those who have been receiving welfare payments more than 12 months. So we also point to just the possibility of doing something that we do every year anyway, which is to pay you know, a Christmas uh, bonus style double welfare payment you know, in the autumn when those bills are landing in. And that really is quite a well-targeted way at, at those who are worst affected by the crisis. And you can b- combine that with other measures then, like the, the household electricity credit, which, while initially was maybe criticised by some as being, uh, and inclu- I think there was questions raised, including by some of my colleagues and, and myself, about how well-targeted that is, it's certainly a lot better than cutting indirect taxes on, on energy. It just it's a better, it, it, it helps preserve those incentives for the economy to adapt away from the fossil fuels where, where this pressure is coming from, while also targeting that support towards people who need it perhaps most. Okay, so the, 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 that credit, not ideal, but better, for example, that than cutting the tax. I mean, there's been a lot of calls for further cuts on energy taxes, uh, including taxes, and I know this report doesn't specifically deal with um, motor tax, but including uh, cuts on, uh, on taxes on petrol and so on. Yeah, and, and again, what, what we point out is that really the... the Biggest beneficiaries, so you know, more than half of the overall cost of such a measure goes to support for the higher income, highest income households, and you know that 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 they're going to have more likely than not some some increase in their incomes from 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 pay increases, from you know, be that increments or be that um, uh, pay rises more more generally. So they they're already kind of getting I suppose they're, they're getting some additional income, and so that's lessening the shock. So it's really a question then for the government of well, if we can only do so much then where should we target it? And again, it's if the aim is to uh, help those who've been worst affected or, or kind of cushion cushion the blow to them, then indirect those indirect tax cuts, including to motor fuel, including you know cutting VAT on gas or, or, or electricity, aren't particularly well targeted. And, and, and they do have those other adverse effects and can run counter to, to policy in other areas. Okay, we will leave it there. Author of that, one of the authors of that ESRI report, Dr. Barra Rowntree, thank you indeed for talking to News Talk Breakfast. Really interesting what Barra is saying there, very stark findings, but also his recommendations as to the best way to tackle this. And I wonder are politicians listening because we hear reports in the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party that there's a big pressure uh, for cuts in indirect taxes, the kind of stuff Barrow was saying not to do. And also, that's one of Sinn Féin's key uh, policy planks to do that as well. If you listen to Barrow, he's saying, don't 
do that. That will not tackle fuel poverty. I, I think that, that we're going to keep coming back to the same argument about everything in terms of the cost of living, how to manage it, Shane, and how to target the interventions. And obviously, we, we, I think we probably all agreed we want to support the people who are most in need. But there is still the squeezed middle as well, who, who are working and who aren't in receipt of social welfare payments and who are struggling to p- cover all of their costs of everything. And 29% of your household income, uh, isn't that what they said? It, it, it was 29% up, in fuel poverty. Sorry, 29%, 29% of, of households. More than 10% rather. Sorry, you're yeah. exactly right. Of their household income. I, I don't know. I, I, I take absolutely on board his, his recommendations, what should happen. But this is only going to get worse because I don't see anything changing in terms of energy. No. And we've all just turned off our heating. So we're better off at the moment now than we were in April. But what's going to happen in September, well, October? He, he said that you could have 40% of households in fuel poverty. So I think it's really important. And he's quite clear about this. He says it does not limitless funds for the government to do this, uh, to, to tackle this. And he says, so it's important we target it. So that that is I think that is absolutely fundamental. You target those who are most in need. But look, let us know what you think this morning. Are you somebody who is, um, you cannot really be somebody who hasn't noticed the cost of your electricity bill and, and your gas bill and, and your, your home heating bills going up? What would you like to see happen? What would make a difference to you? And what do you feel when you hear us say, no, we should only target people maybe who are on social welfare and all that kind of stuff? Do you think, Jesus, I'm paying for everything between childcare and commuting and all of those things? What would you like to see happen? 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with Air. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.